not all sales training comes from the world of sales. What if you could take the traits of the best television characters on TV and turn them into who you are to become a better salesperson? How would you use that? Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo. Aloha from Sacramento, California today. Today's a fantastic day. I'm coming to you live from the How to Sell Show studios. And our topic for episode number 167 is how to model greatness from fictional television characters or best closers of all time from television. And I can't really pick on the title. So like you're going to get either one of those two. Maybe there might be a third one. But, you know, I grew up in in the 80s as a kid and I used to watch television a lot with my family. And so, you know, there was like three channels, maybe four or five. We didn't, we didn't have cable. And so, you know, uh, I remember my dad would get home from work, we would do dinner and then we would go watch television. I mean, it could be anything from Jeopardy to WKRP in Cincinnati, uh, Cosby show, uh, you name it, whatever was on in the eighties, that's what we watched. And I, I had some, some shows on in the background the other night. And I was, I just started thinking, I was like, you know what? A lot of the strong actors in television, these traits are the same things that you would find in a closer. And I said, you, you could probably model these. And modeling comes from neurolinguistic programming. Modeling is a way to say, hey, I'm going to do what this person does in the same way to see if I can get the same results, to see if I can get the same feelings, the emotions. And you know, when, when you do NLP modeling, the cool thing is you could take what you like and you can borrow it and you can leave what you don't like. Or you could go all in and borrow everything that a person does. And there is a danger, though, that like you're only mainlining the really good about somebody and forgetting that there's always a consequence on the backside. So I'm going to give you an example. In the early in the early 2000s, I went and saw a sales trainer, Blair, uh, Blair Singer. He, he goes, his, his trade title is like the sales dog from the Rich Dad, Poor Dad series. And he did this really cool thing. So we, I don't know, there's had to be like five or 600 people in the room, maybe a thousand or 2000. And what he did was he was like, okay, I'm going to show you like six different clips of a, of a movie, of movies, plural. And so one of them was a few good men. And it was the Jack Nicholson version of Nathan Jessup, the Colonel where he's on the stand and, you know, he's going up against Tom Cruise character and, and he's like, you want the truth? And he goes through the process and says, like, do everything you can to model that feeling. So, I mean, that's just one of the clips that he did. I, I can remember this one because it's the one that I did. It's the one that I modeled. And the, the feelings and the emotions and everything that came from trying to be that person, trying to be Nathan Jessup or uh, Jack Nicholson's character, was is one of those things where I was like, wow, there there's a ton of feelings and emotions that, that really went through me, uh, that I felt, uh, one of the other ones was, I have a dream, like the, I have a dream speech from Martin Luther King Jr. And 
you know, it was just, it was a powerful thing to do. And so, you know, there's, there's people that I've modeled in my life. And so I figured, Hey, let's go through and look at the traits of, of top people that you can take some really cool things from and become a better salesperson. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to take all of them, but you can look to these people for inspiration. So you're going to start by doing this. You're going to look at the traits of the people that I share with you, and you can always add more to your list. And then, you know, write down the traits that you like from. Now, I'm going to give you what I see as traits, but you can go, well, you know, wait, Scott, you, you forgot a couple of them. I would add this, this, and this. Well, good good for you because, like, you're on the right path. You're You're putting in the work and you're putting in the effort. And then what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to make a list about yourself. You're going to want to make a list of like what you think your traits are. Uh, one of the cool things that you can study is character diamonds. There's all sorts of books on there. But a character diamond is like the four points of, of who a person is, like their main traits, their weaknesses, the things that they stand for. And the cool thing about a character diamond is when you follow them, you can see how, you know, you have the same things that, that work for you. Like it, it points out the flaws, it points out the advantages. So, you know, you could you could list this out like it's a character diamond. Now, as you go through this and you think about what I'm sharing with you, this is really what Napoleon Hill envisioned as a mastermind. Napoleon Hill said, like, look, if if I couldn't have the people in a room, what would they say? What would they do? So he he hung around all the robber barons in the early 1920s. He hung around like all the top great industrialists. Uh, and I'm going to put supposedly, because there's people who say that he didn't do it, but like, whether, whether whether he did or he didn't, this book has helped a lot of people. Okay, so let's take the good traits from the book instead of uh, getting caught up in, in the he said, she said. So Napoleon Hill said, if you take if you take and envision these people and you put them in a room and there's like 12 of them and you gave them an idea or a concept and say, here's something that I want to do. What, what would they say about it? What would they do about it? What advice would they give? And, you know, another way to look at this is what elements do you have versus what are the elements that, that you don't, or what are the elements that you could work on? And I'm going to go old school for this very first one. Like, yeah, I have to. So I want to talk to you about Fonzie from happy days. Right. So like uh, when I think of of somebody who was a closer from way back in the day on television, I'm going to have to go with Fonzie. And so here are some of the traits that I'm going to list out from Fonzie. The dude had swagger like that. He just had an attitude about him that as he walked into a room, people looked and saw that he was there. Uh, he loved that attention. Like he always like not always, but like typically when he went into the diner, uh, there was one, two, or three women wrapped around him. And he got that attention. He was definitely the ladies' man. But, you know, it, when you take a look at what he did, he also stood up for others. He stood up for people when when things weren't going right. I can keep, think of a couple of fight scenes where he stepped in and he's like, you're not fighting in here. And at the end of the day, you know, for somebody like me who grew up in the 80s, he was the epitome of cool. He, he was the guy that everybody was like, oh, Fonzie, hey. He had a catchphrase, which happened to be one letter long, just extended out. Hey. All right. So I had to start with Fonzie. We're going to go old school. But I want to give you an example that it seems that everybody these days uses as the epitome of a closer in today's world. And that is Harvey Specter from Suits. And so... uh 
you know, I, I've watched that series in the background, let it play probably like five or six times all the way through. And it, it's because, you know, when, when you take a look at real life, the, that, the, the writers did a good job of, of modeling what you go through in a big business, what you go through in a daily basis, the ups and the downs. So the, the writers modeled a lot of really good things in the show Suits. So let's talk about Harvey Specter's traits. The guy said what needed to be said or what he wanted to say. Like he, he didn't ever hold back. He always said, like, this is the way it's going to be. And he always had an, an attitude and a weight of authority behind it. He asked for the deal. He would go to something and he would either ask for the deal or say, these are the terms and this is the way it's going to happen. He put in the work. He he would go and go toe-to-toe with any lawyer. And he had belief in himself. He had a strong belief in his confidence. He had a strong confidence in, in no matter what he did. And, you know, occasionally a couple of the episodes, he would let that show through that he had lost his confidence. But for the most part, that confidence was there. Uh, Harvey Specter had swagger. Like he wore the best suits. He was the guy that was known for being the best closer in town. And there's episodes where he says that. And he loved the fight. Loved the fight. In, in a lot of episodes, he was boxing. Loved the fight. Loved being in the fight. Okay. So like, think through. What are, the, what are the traits that you like from Harvey Specter? Like, the guy had some downfalls too. I'm not going to forget that there's downfalls, but we're looking for the best traits of the best closers. We're going to go to an older television show, Magnum P.I., Thomas Magnum. And his traits were that he asked a lot of really good questions. And one of the cool things that he did was he brought in friends as needed. He wasn't a, a lone wolf. He knew that, like, you know, there are times where you bring people in and, you know, sometimes it was somebody in a helicopter. Sometimes it was somebody in a car. And because of this, he was able to not take no for an answer. And he would hit against walls he would cause problems. He would get in fights, you know, and and it wasn't always a perfect situation, but he did what he could with it. Uh, I got to add uh, another one here, a fourth one, and we're going to talk about another Hawaiian. We're going to talk about Steve McGarrett, and I'm going to target on uh, the later version of Hawaii Five-0, not the one from the 60s. We're going to talk about the one from the 2000s. And when you take a look at Steve McGarrett, the, the guy was all about action first. Like we're gonna jump through the door. We're gonna we're gonna take some some bullets. We're gonna take some fire, and it was it was uh, action first, permission second. And there is a take charge attitude that closers have to have because you are in a leadership position. Now, uh, the other cool things about him was he had compassion and he was all about teamwork. But there was also downfalls too. The guy would get himself in a lot of trouble. He because of what he did it caused problems for himself. So like uh, on every side of, of one of these topics that I give you or one of these traits that I give you, there's also the possibility of a negativity, okay? House, Dr. Gregory House. Like you think, you think about somebody who did a lot on television. It was all about the questions. He was really good at asking questions, really good at asking, you know, going for the insights. Uh, he definitely went against the grain, really irritated people. Uh, said the uncomfortable things. And so like you could look at somebody like on an episode of House where you're like, you know what? I could see those traits. I could see those working for me. You probably know a salesperson that is a lot like House where they ask questions. They have tons of insights, but they they go against the grain and they irritate people. That, yeah. 
Uh, CSI Miami, Horatio Kane. Uh, when you take a look at what Horatio Kane was all about, it was all about patience. He would slow down the process. It was intuition and it was questions. And if you think about like, okay, how can I become a better salesperson? Well, one of the traits that I see a lot of salespeople struggle with is the patience. It is what I'm going to refer to the cat and the mouse, where, you know, uh, there is a point where the buyer has to become comfortable with you. And you could do that through, through rapport. You could do that through modeling. You could do that through mirroring. But there is a point where your, your end game and how you interact and your slowness and your deliberation, deliberate activity, not deliberation, this isn't a court of law, your deliberate activities allow you to extract the information that you need from a buyer. Whereas in a lot of these traits that I've given you, whether it's from Harvey Specter, Thomas Magnum, Steve McGarrett, uh, Gregory House, it's not always about the slowness. It's about how fast can I get something done? So I wanted to throw a character in here that wasn't all of, always about speed. It was it was about the cat and the mouse of the game. It was about taking the time. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't be, you know, a huge fan of wrestling if I didn't include the rock. Now, uh, if you're ever struggling in sales, uh, there is something that you can do. You can go to the YouTube and you can type in the rock returns and you can watch and feel for the emotions that happen when the rock returns to SmackDown or whatever show that he was a part of Monday night raw. I think it was Monday night raw. And the place goes bananas. They absolutely go bananas. So, like, here are the traits that you could pick up from The Rock. Uh, the Rock, uh, humor. Wasn't wasn't afraid to make fun of himself. Used humor. Used presence. You, you know, the, the his ability to get on a stage and get attention, the, the guy is a showman. Whether you like wrestling or not, the, the guy has amazing showmanship. And with that being said, uh, when you watch how he can milk a crowd for timing, how he can get people to just hang on every word that he says, he is very effective of it, like, like more so than a lot of people I've watched in real life, more so than a lot of people that I've watched on television. And this man is one of the best in front of a crowd. One of the best. Now, I wanted to add females to this list and I did some work I did some research and there haven't been a ton of strong roles for women but I do want to include this one I would love to include more uh, if I do a part two I will definitely find more strong women but if you take a look at Olivia Benson from Law and Order SVUs SVU Special Victims Unit uh, you know somebody who has the role that she has used the difference as a woman and she was definitely less masculine definitely less masculine definitely would uh get people engaged and and have conversations with them and it wasn't about like aggression it was there was compassion and she asked the the tough question at the right time i mean don't get me wrong there's episodes where she got angry there's episodes where she was upset but she used all of her key uh capabilities to her advantage and you know, the questions, taking the time, having compassion. I wanted to show both sides of the coin. I wanted to show the testosterone-filled side, and I wanted to show the softer side. And the reason for that is 
is not everybody is built to be a aggressive salesperson. Not everybody is built and not all closers, I should say, not all closers are aggressive. Some of the the best salespeople I know, you would watch them and go, there's nothing aggressive about what this person's saying, but they can close deals. And so it's a mistake to think that it's only alpha males that that are the closers in the world of sales because like you would be surprised. Uh, I was surprised when I first started writing with salespeople to what I expected great salespeople to be. And so the, the cool thing about teaching is you learn just as much from teaching as from being a student. And even even today, I, I you know, like as I'm saying, in this period of my life, I still learn people from, learn things from salespeople that I work with. Yesterday, I was working with a team. Yesterday morning, uh, I worked with a team. And there was a new guy and he had questions and it was, it was cool to see that there was some different insights I was able to pick up from a, from a newer salesperson from the questions that he had asked. Not that they had never been asked before, but like sometimes in different periods of your life, you hear things differently. There's things that you go through and you're like, I've never heard that before. And now I can do something with it. So I, I, my question for you today from this episode of the How to Sell show is what are you going to take away? You know, how, when, when you're struggling what person are you going to model? What are you going to do? Because the, the game plan that you build for today is the thing that really helps you moving forward into the future. And this is something that a, a lot of salespeople don't prepare for. Most salespeople do not prepare for a sales slump. In fact, uh, there's not a lot of good information out there about why sales slumps happen, why you get into one, what you can do to get out of them. I, I'm I'm in a couple of different Facebook groups and it seems like every three days I'm going to sell some, what do I do? You know, uh, if you, if you go into the face group, the larger face group groups that you're going to find that you, you get the common questions that get asked in cycles. What books do you read? You know, what do you do in a sales slump? Where are you guys from? What do you guys sell? <laughs> How much money do you make? There's probably like 10 or 15 that if you go there on any given day, you're going to get them, but sales slumps come up a lot. And so I, I wanted to put this episode together for you and say, hey, look, you can always look outside of sales. You can, you can look outside of sales to get information and you can use uh, what you find to be better uh, at what you do to close more deals. And by looking outside of sales, you're also not doing what everybody else is doing. I just have this belief after reading as many books as I have on sales is that there's not really a lot of new content out there. Uh, I've, I've really picked up different things. Like, and the same thing happens. You, you, can, you can only gather and absorb so much information. And then it's like you got to move on to the next topic. So, I mean, I think I have pretty close to 2,000 books in my house and my library. And I've read a good majority of them. And so sometimes it just becomes predictable about what's going what's gonna to be said. And... With that being said, is you know that you you've hit your stride when content becomes boring. You know that you've hit what you need to do when you're like, I can already feel what's coming next. That's where that's where you know that you've you've gotten to where you need to be. And so when you go outside of sales and you look at people, like I, I gave you a pretty expansive list, and, and I do get it. Most of these people are men. I did add a woman. If you could find more women, that's fantastic. Okay. So you got Fonzie from Happy Days, Harvey Specter from Suit, uh, Thomas Magnum from Magnum PI. And I'm going to go and say the old Thomas Magnum from Magnum PI, where he drove the old 308 Ferrari GT. All right. The Steve McGarrett from the new Hawaii 50, Dr. E. Gregory House from House, uh, Horatio Kane from CSI Miami, The Rock, 
The Rock, and Olivia Benson from uh, Lauren Law and Order SVU. Couldn't get that out of there. My brain wasn't working. And and you can borrow the traits of top sales performers, and and you can look around wherever you live, whatever your industry is. There's always a rock star that you can say, hey, look, what what is it that they're doing? What is it they're saying? Now, I want to give you a very strong warning, a very strong warning. There are times where you meet the people that you think are amazing at what they do, and you you get the opportunity to be around them. And there's the saying, like, never meet your heroes. Uh, there's been times in my life where I have met people who are supposedly the best at what they do. And uh, they're evil. They are not good people. They, they, I'm just going to say that they're evil. Now, there's still good traits that you can pick up from them. You can still take the good that you see from what they do and leave the bad. Uh, I just, the couple of people that I can think of in my life that I used to think were my heroes that I met, and then I'm like, uh, this person's a scumbag. I decided to not model anything from them. I decided to not use anything. It was just a personal decision, just like it's a personal decision for you. You can pick up what you like, you can leave what you don't like. And uh, what you focus on is what you resonate with. And so, you know, you can get caught up in what other people are doing. You could get caught up in what other people are saying. But at the end of the day, you don't want to resonate with the negativities or the evils that bad salespeople do. Like, let's say that you come across somebody and you're like, hey, I really want to model what this sales guy or what this sales girl does. And then you find out that they're bad. And then like you go away and you're disappointed and and you're like then you become jaded. And I want to warn you that that is something that happens when you look at enough representations of people. You could you could go through the list of people that I gave you and say, hey, look, Scott, I don't necessarily agree with any of them. And I'm going to say, great, make your own list. Make your own list. But focusing on the negativity and focusing on the evil of what people do is going to be a, a major downfall. And uh, next warning I want to give you is you want a big sample. You want people from different groups. You want people to look at that you're like, okay, this is from a wide spectrum. So I, I went kind of wild, uh, you know, all the way from Fonzie to Happy Days to Olivia Benson from S- or Law & Order SVU. Uh, but I also included The Rock, you know, even though that's not like a drama television show, some would argue uh, that it is, it, it, it's, it's a wide spectrum. You want to look at a lot of different places. You don't want to get typecast. You don't want to just have one type of person. And, and this is important because as you're modeling, you want to, you want to see a different spectrum. You, you want different insight. Uh, one of the greatest benefits that I had was being a philosophy major, uh, early on in college. And just the, the differences in people from across the board are amazing when you go to college and you have different types of people that have different types of beliefs and you know the cool thing about philosophy is there really is no right answer there is i you know that, that's a good question i should probably think about what you just said and think through it and um, it's going to take me a little bit longer to set this up but you're there's going to be a reward at the end of the rainbow for you i promise when when being a philosophy major uh the professors like you to argue with them which is kind of unique it's pretty cool um, when being a philosophy major, sometimes you have to argue against what you believe to see the other side. And in, in the beginning, that's hard to do. 
But going through and, and taking the modeling of different people outside of your industry and somebody who you may be uncomfortable with uh, can be a, a good way for you to do it. And I don't mean uncomfortable with in like they're a negative person. It's just uncomfortable with like, I don't know if I could use this person to model. I don't know if I could take their examples and be perfect at what I do. Well, this isn't about perfection. This is about taking what you find that is good and leaving what doesn't work. And so you could go and you could sample friends, meaning like you can go to a friend and be like, hey, who do you think the best closer is to model on television? And you're probably going to hear a lot of Harvey Specter. You know, I had to put him in there because uh, the writers of Suits did a really good job. But, you know, you, you may hear completely different things from what I added. And I just stuck with television. I mean, you could go and look at movies. You could you could look at the traits of top closers for movies. I mean, if if you're going to do that, you, of course, you got to throw in Tommy from Tommy Boy because one of the greatest sales movies ever made. So the the thing for you to remember is you don't have to only look at sales for sales training. In fact, the more that you look outside of the world of sales, this is the way for me to come back to philosophy. The more that you look outside of sales, the better off you are. So like uh, I stopped reading books on sales unless the book is supposed to be super phenomenal, okay? I've, uh, I've done a lot of books on conflict resolution. And the reason for that is, is when you get to the end of a sales process and you're going through the closing process and the objection process, you have to deal with some conflict. You have to deal with the ability to stay calm in a dangerous situation. And I don't mean dangerous like your life is in danger. Your brain recognizes uh, objections as danger. Um, You know, I've read a lot of books on negotiation. Uh, I've read a lot of books on storytelling. And so, you know, the reason I bring this up is if you look at the, the differences between all of these people that I've mentioned, they're not all from the same type of genre of show. So you got Happy Days. That was like set in the 50s. You've got Suits, and that's in New York. Uh, that's that's all about trading and law. You got Magnum PI and uh, Hawaii Five O, and both those movies or both those television shows are based in Hawaii, of course. You've got uh, murder mystery, you've got wrestling, and then you've got more murder mystery with with uh, Olivia Benson. So you have the capability of modeling just about anybody. You could model somebody like you could model a family member. You could model uh, somebody that you really like from work. But the key for you is to look at a lot of different places. Don't get stuck in one industry. Don't get stuck in one service. You know, you could go to some friends and say, who's the best closer you know outside of the industry that we work in? Who's the best closer that you know that's retired? And even better yet, if you can go and interview these people and say, what would you do in this given situation? Sometimes you're going to pick up some fantastic word tracks. There's going to be times where people tell you things and you're like, I never would have thought about saying it this way. And with that being said, Anytime that I have one of these shows on in the background and one of these closers is on, uh, I have a running list open on my laptop and I will take phrases that I hear and go, you know what? That's absolutely perfect. That is probably the best way that I've ever heard say anybody say that exact thing. And I can think of uh, quite a few times where I added some of these sayings to my word track dictionary. So I'm going to give you one of the latest ones that I picked up, and I can't remember where I heard this from. It was probably Suits, because this is one of the most common things I had running on the background. And uh, the the word track was, you already know what you need to do. You're just asking me because sometimes we need to hear it from someone else. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's perfect. So like when you're talking about modeling 
what somebody does, you can actually model their phrases. It's not just their personality. It's not just their intent. It's not just their actions. It's what they say. So you could literally ask yourself, how would this person say it? And then you could practice it exactly how they would say it. You could practice all those motions and all those feelings and getting used to the conversation. But the key is, is to take the time, the energy, and the effort to put the work in. Uh, most people will just watch television to watch it. Hey, good for them. I mean, they're just being entertained. Nothing wrong with that. But if you could take it to the next level and you could say, how could I borrow what I just saw to be better what I do at sales? How could I, how could I make this interaction better? How could I use their, their persona? How could I use their character diamond to make me a better salesperson? It will. It'll make you a better salesperson. It'll, it'll help you to look at life in a different way. And there is a point in, in sales that when you've done it long enough, there's a boredom that sets in. There is like, okay, I'm going to go to my appointment. I'm going to go close the deal. I'm going to go make the sale. And I'm going to say it's like a, a loss of dopamine rush because it, it just feels like you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. And maybe if I'm the only person that that happens to, and I'm just going to point out a flaw in myself, I'm going to raise my hand and say, hey, I've been there. I've had that problem. But by looking and saying, like, what are some ways that I can augment my training? What are some ways that I can augment and do things that nobody else is doing in the industry? Like right now, there's probably a thousand sales trainers across the country in the morning that I'm recording this, teaching how to overcome objections. Yay, right? Okay. I'm not knocking it. It's something that I do. I'm not knocking it one bit. But how many people are talking to you about character diamonds and taking and modeling people from a television show? Probably not very many. Probably not very many because it's not something that they think of. They're thinking of like always be closing. They're thinking of like, I've got to do it this way because it's the way that I've always been taught. And so for you, the challenge may be how is it that you go against the grain? What is it that you do that not everybody else is doing so that you can close the deals? Like your job as a salesperson is to be better every year. So let's say that last year you closed at 30, 30%. This year, your goal is to close at 35 or 40 and, and if you closed at 40, your goal is to close at 45. Or if, if you're maxed out and you're like, Scott, I, I, cannot, I cannot add more to my ability to close. I'm closing at a 70 or 80% rate. Okay, well, how can we increase your average ticket? And if, if like that's where you're at and you're like, I've increased my average ticket as much as I can, how could you involve more people in the sales? Who, who could you bring on in the process to help close more deals? So for you, you have a lot of capability, you have a lot of skills, you have a lot of talents, but the thing for you to remember is not everybody gets their information from the same place. And if you look at the best closers on television or how, how to model greatness from fictional television characters, you will win. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.